Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, what up? Just finished watching the Rutgers Purdue game. Just in time for another episode of Believe in RU. We got a lot to catch up on, y'all. What's going on, Rutgers Nation? Ryan, how you doing? Alex, I'm doing great. You know who else is doing great? Bet online. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. You know, this past weekend, I put money on the Chiefs. Money line, I was a little bit scared about the Falcons, but Young Way Koo missing that field goal made me a little bit richer, all thanks to Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Alex, like you said, we're coming off watching the Rutgers basketball victory over Purdue, another key victory in the Big Ten, which is the probably the best bas- college basketball com- conference in the country this year. Really huge win to get this season back on track, missing a couple key guys in Cliff Amore and Ron Harper, who sprained his ankle in practice recently. Coming off the Ohio State win where we probably we were up, we probably should have won. We were up 16 at one point. This is a really big confidence boost for us to help us navigate the really, really tough Big Ten schedule. This was a pretty gritty win considering that um, Ron Harper Jr. and Cliff Amore uh, did not play and we saw a very similar effort to when Rutgers played Syracuse and they won without Geo Bakers so Steve Peichel clearly preaching the next man up mentality and and Rutgers getting it done uh, shorthanded so to speak but you know here's the thing that I noticed that's kind of a trend you know we're up 10 at halftime against Ohio State like you said up by 16 at one point in this game against Purdue we're up by double digits at multiple times in this game as well and we just couldn't put them away early and at one point Purdue was leading in the second half so this is a team that really proud of their effort but they have to do better down the stretch of games I completely agree let's go back to that Ohio State game real quick um Rutgers goes to number 23 Ohio State ranked 11th in the country their highest ranking since they since you know the 70s it was an incredible you know start of the week Rutgers was hitting threes. They're making big shots, but without Cliff Amore, um, it really you know came down on Miles Johnson getting a lot of fouls. So Miles Johnson and uh, Mamadou DeCorey both had four fouls at one point, and Ohio State kept cre- creeping back in. Um, they eventually just started pounding the pay. We had to put Miles Johnson back in, got a bogus fifth call foul. Then the game's momentum kind of shifted. You know, Ohio State kind of took it to us. Also, Jacob, when the game was tied or close, I forget what the score exactly was, Jacob Young, our star bat, our star point guard, um, along with Geo Baker, went up for a dunk and came landed, came down, landed hard on his back, didn't return with back spasms. So even though that the game turned out that we lost by 12 in Ohio State, you know, second half, you got to look at the game as a whole context where we were in foul trouble. Ohio State took advantage of it. Chris Holtman does a great job over there, Ohio State. And, you know, he attacked our weaknesses and Ohio State came with a big win. But that game score was a little bit more, um, was, was not as, cl- was not as, um, 
as far apart, and the margin wasn't as far apart as it actually was if you watch the game. So we do have a bad habit of having these big leads, then, you know, a couple shots get made by the other team and we let, the, we let them back in. That's kind of what happened during Purdue. But I do think that that was a really good learning experience, and I think that this team is better for it. I mean, we had the huge win against Illinois. Illinois was a high-flying machine coming into the game, and we were like, okay, um, what what is Rutgers going to have to do to slow them down? And they were able to do that. Um, and then they're they're going in that Ohio State game really with really flying high emotionally. You know, it was bound to happen. So I'm not glad that they lost, obviously, but I think they're better for it. And, you know, this win against Purdue is the first step in that because I remember you and I talked off air and we were like, hey, we're going to really find out how good this team is based off of how they respond from this loss. So Purdue is a good team and I'm very happy with what I saw. But I think we're really going to find out even more how good this team is when we play Iowa and Luca Garza uh, coming up this Saturday. Most people think he's potentially the top player in the country. Um, before we talk about Iowa, this was a really, really big game. Purdue beat Ohio State. Um, they have one of the best big men in the Big Ten, and Travion Williams can score, can really, you know, has really, really good outlet passes. So Purdue, um, being the team they are, they hit a bunch of threes. And, you know, they fought the entire entire game. Rutgers like, was down with Ron Harper Jr. and Cliff Amore, right? So that meant that Miles Johnson had to learn from his mistakes against Ohio State where he got into foul trouble. Um, Amadou DeCorey played great defensively against Travion Williams. He wasn't really in foul trouble. And so that's when you have Rutgers, you know, be able to do better than they were against Ohio State. I think Steve Peichel also did a phenomenal job of mixing some zone when he plays zone defense and basketball. Um, it's less likely that, you know, their big guys are going to foul out. So to switch that up and to keep uh, Miles Johnson out of foul trouble, which he's been in this early season, I think was really, really crucial. So Rutgers winning winning against Purdue is a huge, huge game. Montez Mathis had 25 points stepping in. So like we said with Iowa, Iowa is 10 in the country. They have lost to um, Gonzaga. They also lost to Minnesota, but they're a really, really good team. Luca Garza is pre national preseason player of the year in uh, all of college basketball. Um, not, he's, he's, he's a big guy. He's a center, has a bunch of good moves. He's going to score. Two, he's going to get his. The key to this game is obviously Luke is going to get his, but we can't have the other guys on Iowa. They're a really, really dangerous three-point shooting team get hot, and that's when you know the floodgates are open and we lose this game 100 to 90. Yeah, well, I think – I think we talked about Rutgers being able to play different ways going into that Illinois game. They can play really physical, which is, I think, the style they want to play and win the boards. But they can also run with the runners. And Iowa is a team that they, they're a high-flying offense. So they score a lot of their points dominating the boards with guys like Garza. I mean, I think last game he had like 17 rebounds against Minnesota. He's averaging double-digit rebounds a game. If we're going to limit him uh, statistically, I think it's got to be rebounds first. If he gets his points, go ahead. But we, we can't we got to make sure he is not dominating the boards. You bring up a really, really good point. Um, you know, watching the Purdue game, there was one possession where Rutgers, you know, only having Miles Johnson out there as a big guy, then basically playing four guards. Um, there was one possession in the first half in the first half where Purdue got five straight offensive rebounds, right? Um, against Purdue, 
if they if you give him an offensive rebound, Luka Garza is going to pick it up and he's going to put it in the basket right away. That's why they're able to score so much. So Miles Johnson has to, has to, has to, has to not be in foul trouble, right? Because if he gets in foul trouble, I think that, you know, this could be a really, really tough matchup for us. You know, DeCorey played really, really well tonight. He didn't foul, but... We just we we got it. We he's gonna get Luca Garza's gonna get his, but we can't you know you know uh, compound those mistakes where where he's getting and, and ones and you know everybody else is shooting threes and having open threes. So it really comes down to Miles Johnson and Luca Garza and limiting the outside shooters of Iowa. And hopefully Ron Harper's back. Um, I don't think Cliff Amore will be back. I think Ron hopefully Ron Harper's back. Um, so to give us a little bit of shooting, um, a little bit more shooting help. So. It's going to be a dogfight, and it's going to be a 40-minute game, and Rutgers is going to have to play really, really well. I was going to score. Steve Pike was probably going to tell their guys, like, hey, I was going to come in. They're going to be able to shoot through the threes. We got to stay level-headed, and we got to keep we got to keep pounding nails, as John Rothstein says, in order to get the job done. So if we hold Iowa under 80 points, which I know will be tough, I guarantee we win this game. Yeah, and I think it's similar to that Illinois game where Illinois was averaging 80, 90 points a game. So, and we held them to, uh, you know, 60, 70 points. So I think that um, I think that Rutgers just has to stay true to themselves and and dominate the boards first, right? I mean, we, we've seen them be chameleon-like where they can, you know, start turning it on from beyond the arc and shooting. But I think they just have to get back to what they do really well uh, for them to have success. Yeah, um, one more thing. Montez Mathis had was 5-5 five five from the three-point line. He's not going to go 5-5 five for five every single game. So even when Ohio, Ohio Iowa gets um, gets offensive rebounds, we have to make sure they don't get keep getting offensive rebounds So or we have to limit their possessions. So it's going to be a tough game. We're going to have to play a different style. Um, we can't just be running up and down because that's what Iowa wants to do. But if we can get stops here and there, and then we can score consistently, not necessarily threes, but drive in the paint, maybe get Luca Garza in foul trouble, I think we have a shot. But we need Ron Harper to play, and you know, we just we just got to keep pounding nails. Now let's switch gears back to football. I know it's basketball season, and Rutgers is doing really well, and we're really excited about uh, Coach Peichel and the gang. But let's wrap up football with Coach Ciano and the great job that he did this season. I know that this season didn't end the way we would have liked with a loss to Nebraska, but this team was awesome this year. Really fun to watch. I watched every single Rutgers game from start to finish this year. I haven't done that in a very long time. So that's a, that's a win right there considering you turn that thing off after the first quarter or sometimes not even watch the game because they were really hard to watch the last couple of years. Um, so that in itself is a win, but um. Let's also give congratulations to all the guys who got all Big Ten honors, and uh, I think the biggest honor of them all, uh, team captain. Uh, shout out to Bo Melton, Larry Stevens, O3, Fadakasi, and Adam Corsack. And talking about these guys, um, I think it really means a lot when you have a specialist, uh, whether it be your punter, long snapper, or holder, be captain of your team. So you know Adam Corsack's got to have some sort of special leadership qualities for that to happen. Uh, also, he's also really good at his job. So that, that certainly helps um, when you can lead yourself, you can lead other people. So um, shout out to him uh, and then shout out to all the other guys. Um, but a special shout out to a good friend of mine, Larry Stevens, Larry Stevens, who came in as a walk-on 
uh, out of Don Bosco prep. I believe he was committed to Army and decided to back out of it. So he had to walk on at Rutgers. Uh, plays as a true freshman on like every special team. That is really hard to do and something you got to respect. I believe he earned a scholarship uh, two or three years into it. And now he's captain of a Big Ten program and setting a great example uh, for a ton of people to go chase your dreams and uh, defy the odds. So shout out to Larry. And then it's uh, it's good to see that a lot of these guys are coming back. O3's coming back. Bo Melton's coming back. Um, I think in, in a season with so much uncertainty to go into next season with a lot of these guys who have proven themselves this season and then to come back under the same coaching staff in year two to thrive in the system is just really awesome, good energy. And then I know, you know, being in the college landscape, um, you know, recruiting is not a complete science and the rankings don't mean a ton. But as a fan, it's got to be awesome to see the recruiting rankings of Rutgers be the highest they've been since Coach Shiano uh, was here in 2012, where they had the highest recruiting class in school history. So, Rye, that was a lot of uh, info I just threw at you, but uh, what do you think? Let me just go back to the start of when we were talking about, you know, watching Rutgers, you know, play football every single game. If the global pandemic of the coronavirus wasn't happening this season, I guarantee that the Rutgers football stadium, you know, shout out size shy stadium would have been packed with fans, right? There high point solution stadium, high point solution stadium, high point solution stadium, you know, to me and Alex, but there is a legitimate excitement around this program. Going a couple back, a couple months back, if you told me that Rutgers would win three out of nine Big Ten games in Greg Schiano's first year, I would have thought you were crazy. So this is an absolute testament to Greg Schiano, the coaching staff, and getting this team ready to play in a shortened season where they didn't have spring ball and everybody was getting to know each other. Um, I'm legitimately excited for the future of this program. I think that it is going to be a Big Ten force. Um, I know that we still got a long way to go, but eventually at some point we're going to break through and we're going to have success and we're going to be, we're going to be ranked and we're going to have, we're going to, you know, be talked about as one of the top football schools in the country. Um, like you mentioned, the captains, um, you know, being named so late in the season, I think that was more of just the coaching staff not knowing who they had and then, you know, revealing the leaders at the end of the season. So it's such an honor to be a team captain of any team in any sport at any division because you are the representatives of that team. Um, shout out Adam Corsak. I know punters don't necessarily really be captains of a football team, but he's really good at his job. Clearly the guys love him. They respect his leadership. So it's a really, really big testament to him. And I'm excited for the future. And I know that recruiting rankings, we can, you know, dive deep into them. You know, we're ninth in the Big Ten and all that. But as long as we get the right guys in this program and they're developed by Cochiano and his staff, we're going to be good and we're going to be fine. And this future is so bright for us and I can't wait for next season already. Yeah, and I will say this. Cochiano needs to keep Coach Gleason on staff as long as possible. And this is a guy from New Jersey, from from Glen Ridge. So hopefully that is something that is here to stay because you look at this program, he's the 10th offensive coordinator in as many years. And hopefully he's here for at least four to five years. I mean, and helping Rutgers hopefully one day win a Big Ten championship. 
Wait, wait, Alex, repeat, repeat that. He's the 10th offensive coordinator in 10 years at Rutgers? Yeah, so Rutgers has had a different offensive coordinator uh, in every year throughout the 2010 era. Like, throughout the 2010s, the whole 2010s. Are you – oh, my God. You can't. I mean, you can't win if you don't have consistency in the coaching staff. I mean, coaches. The only coach that I know that has been consistent um, with you know coaching staff rotation has been Nick Saban. Everywhere else, I guarantee that those programs are struggling. So that is an incredible stat and a nugget that you just pointed out there. Yeah, I mean, listen. I, I think it's a little different when you're at Alabama, a place like that. I mean, Alabama. They, they, they Rutgers just recently. Um, Rutgers just recently got that commitment when they brought in to coach when they brought in Cochiano to be able to retain these guys from a financial standpoint. I mean, you know, you do a really good job at a place like Rutgers that co- in, has amazing resources, um, but in comparison to Ohio State or Texas or um, you know Florida, Alabama, certainly you know they're you know Brent Venables is getting paid you know like a like a power 5 head coach as a defensive coordinator you know what i'm saying so you combine that you combine that w- with a lack of success in the program where it's like shit like if i'm not successful at Rutgers like who the hell is going to hire me um yeah guys aren't going to stick around very long and it's it's it, it's it's a shame um, but I think that Coach Chiano bringing in the right people on the staff, guys who aren't going to be looking to leapfrog every year or two, and then make Rutgers the place. I mean, in 2001, when he was hired, he's like, let's make Rutgers the place. Like with a, with a commitment to making Rutgers the place. Like, why do you have to go to Penn State or Ohio State or Minnesota or Iowa or anywhere else in our conference when you're at Rutgers, like a better location to live in, in my opinion, in some people's opinion, um, you're getting paid the same amount of money now, and you're on a just as competitive team and, you know, hopefully in the future, more competitive team. So Rutgers is certainly more a more attractive place now than it's ever been to the outside world. I don't think it's uh, to guys like you and me who truly love it and bleed it and people who take a deep dive into it, you know, I don't think it's ever been a less attractive place than those places. But for the people who don't realize, you know, that's that's the reality. Um, but keep getting those Jersey guys, I mean, I think most of the coaching staff is from New Jersey. And I was talking to a high school football coach today and he said that the coaching this coaching staff uh, has never the Rutgers football coaching staff has never been more engaged in the last ten years with the high school football coaches of New Jersey than they are right now. That in a in a in a college football environment like that means a lot. Yeah, like you said, um, I think that it's a really really great point that you know you have all these people from New Jersey that could potentially go elsewhere. You know, Penn you know Penn State's Ohio State's Michigan's of the world where they just almost be another guy at Penn State, Michigan, or Ohio State. If they come to Rutgers, they're the guy. 
So that makes it so much more attractive. And to have that almost New Jersey cultivation in that in that coaching room and, you know, to have to ha- to branch out to all these New Jersey programs really means a lot to the New Jersey coaches. And they are going to be more invested in Rutgers. And that's how you build a program. You have all the coaches, you know, rooting for the same cause and they want their guys to go there. And I think that's going to be a really, really big stepping stone for us. And, you know, I'm excited to see the future. Um, you know, going back to, you know, the all Big Ten selections, uh, Bo Melton, I think, has had a hell of a season. I think he got snubbed off of, you know, first team all Big Ten. The dude has done everything. Uh, Aaron Crookshank had, a, you know, another return TD against Nebraska. He was a Big Ten returner of the year. So we got guys, we got players, man. We got playmakers. We got guys coming back and it's just going to grow from there. And this is just the beginning. It's all good, bro. Bo Melton, we're, we're, we're doing this media thing now, dude. So, like, you know, technically we can have our own awards. So, in our Big Ten voting list, Bo Melton is the first team all Big Ten receiver. So, who cares about the Associated Press or all those things <laughs> that don't have Rutgers players? With, with, with all due respect, with all due respect to those really good publications, uh, we're extremely biased um, on this program. So, um yeah, we're going to put Rutgers guys wherever we can. <laughs> I mean, according to the Believe in Rutgers podcast, uh, Bo Mellon and uh, 03 Fadakasi were unanimous, unanimous first team all Big Ten selections. So shout out to those guys. Unanimous. Oh, there and was Crookshank never a doubt. Too. You know, they were Aaron Crookshank, returner of the year. So he was unanimous as well. Hell yeah. All right. All right, Rutgers fans. Great catching up with you. Um, stay tuned for, uh, for a good Pro Knights episode coming up. Talk soon. Peace. Hey, you made it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.